Hello and welcome to the Sailorville Church Parenting Podcast. Our goal is to partner with parents to find biblical solutions to real life issues. Today we are talking about investing in younger families. I'm your host, Jared Leonard, and with me is my beautiful wife and co-host, Alyssa Leonard. Hello. And our guests today are Lauren and Brenda Long. Good morning. Hello. Uh, would you mind just sharing the ages of your children or, you know, general ages of your children and grandchildren? <laughs> sure. We had uh, two children in the 80s, our son, Aaron, and our daughter, Alyssa. And we nice made name. That's yeah. a great name. Great Good name. choice. Love it. <laughs> we made a uh, pur- purposeful choice to stay in the Des Moines area so mm-hmm. we'd be close to our families and benefit from their ongoing influence in the, in the lives of our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, they were all believers. We, we knew it was an important element in, in their growing up. Yeah. And uh, so the intergenerational lifestyle and and importance of of seeing those older people in their lives, we think, helped strengthen them. Yeah. Aaron and Alyssa are both married, so now we have four wonderful kids. Oh, mm-hmm. fun. And uh, Alyssa and her husband, Ryan McDonald, live and work and have a heart for the north side of Des Moines. And their difference, or their goal is to make a difference for Jesus in the kids and families they work with on the north side in the Des Moines schools. They have two wonderful kids. They've given us uh, Eliza, 12, and Miles, almost nine. Mm, fun, fun, very fun. Alyssa and his, or Aaron and his wife, yeah. Addie, we mm-hmm. have three A's and an R. Oh, man. <laughs> Aaron and his wife, Addie, live and work in the KC area, and Addie is a doctor of physical therapy there. Aaron is a professor of philosophy and English, and his mission uh, offers him amazing opportunities through his teaching to wake up in kids that don't know what they believe. So he asks the questions and then waits for the Lord to lead uh, off campus. They have given us two adorable granddaughters, Beatrice, named after my mother, she's three, and little Winnie, and she's five months old. Oh, Oh, precious. What a joy. And really, the most important thing to us is that all four of our kids are following the Lord, Mm. and our oldest two grandkids have uh, made a decision to receive Christ, and so we're just, we're praying for the next two. Amen. Yeah. Oh, that's Mm. so cool. We're not guaranteed that, obviously, um, but we certainly can pray toward that. Sure. Um, right. Encourage, share truth. Yeah, what a blessing. Very cool. Well, we just want to hear a little bit about your parenting story, where you raised your family. You mentioned, you know, you stuck around the Des Moines area intentionally. Um, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, parenting by far is the greatest privilege we've had as uh, humans. And we give the Lord the glory for whatever is being accomplished by our kids and the generations that follow us. Mm. We certainly didn't have all the answers going in, but you learn as you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, none of us do. <laughs> we were raised by, I, I was raised by grandparents. He was a minister, and he tells the stories over and over of drawing a line in the sand, and he and grandma found the Lord, and they decided they would lead their generations um, to Jesus. Mm. And we had that responsibility um, that was just a given, that mm. that's what we were going to do. It was very easy to love the Lord, to watch them and so um, we feel like God gives each of us a purpose in life, a mission, 
and he gives us the skills and the knowledge to do that mission. And so that's what we've attempted to do in our lives. As parents leading our children to Jesus, that's the highest priority of Mm -hmm. our mission. So everything we do should be about that. We have about 18 years to get each child prepared to carry out their own mission for Jesus in a world that doesn't know him. Mm-hmm. And after that, thankfully, our role changes to consultant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good word. I like that. We've both had professions that God called us to, and he was faithful in providing daily wisdom and to provide us rewarding work. We are about both now retired and loving it. That gives us more time to be grandparents and yeah. work for the Lord. And since we both worked full-time, of course, we had the struggle of what do you do with your children, but that was very easy for us because I worked for Unity Point Health, at that point Lutheran, before they merged, and um, Lutheran and Methodist, and they had a daycare in the hospital. Oh, wow. So I took my children to work with me. I could go get them and take them to lunch. They would come to the cafeteria and carol and, you know, all those fun things. So Mm -hmm. it was uh, the best of all worlds for this mother that uh, find it, found it hard to leave her kids after yeah. she had them. Yeah. So when it was time for them to um, go to school, they went to Des Moines schools. They grew up, we grew in the east side of Des Moines near Pleasant Hill. And um, they so appreciated having the opportunity to go to school with kids different than themselves. Mm-hmm. And they learned to stand up for what they knew was right and have discussions about that and why they believe that. And, mm-hmm. We felt like it was a really good opportunity for them. Then when it came time for them to look at uh, universities, we kind of encouraged them to look at Christian universities because we felt like they're going to leave us. We really, Aaron was the first one and he needed to move out of home. (laughs) We said, you need to go away to college. We thought that would be good for him. And um, so he went to Wheaton. Alyssa went to Bethel. And it's uh, a a blessing to go somewhere where your profs can pray with you, where you can have open discussion, especially when your your parents and your support system is away. Mm -hmm. So those were good years. and God was good to put them where He wanted them to be, and took good care of them while they were while were while they were in college. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think our church uh, was an extension of our family. Mm. We had so many friends there, and uh, not just our age, but older friends. And as we grew older, some younger friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were pretty active in in our church. We were in leadership roles. We taught a class. Um, I, I led the worship ministry for several years. We served on different boards and committees and we also did outreach like taking meals uh, to people and visiting sick or shut-ins. We sang at lots of weddings and funerals. And And our kids went with us. Mm. Mm. And so, um, it was an active life. The kids were definitely very at home there and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, grew in the Lord as they came up through the different classes. We often had a home project going. At, um, some pretty big ones. Some pretty, yeah. some pretty large <laughs> projects, probably over my pay grade. But um, once you start a project, you realize uh, you can't just stop. You have to finish. So <laughs> yeah. We kept going, and the kids were, were great help. And now that they have homes of their own, they often reflect back on what they learned mm-hmm. as they helped out in those projects. And call their dad for 
help and guidance consultant yeah. with their projects <laughs> and also free labor yeah <laughs> uh, one thing that we loved was our home was a hangout for the kids mm-hmm. on purpose the neighborhood kids yeah friends from school even after they went to college they'd bring a carload of kids home with them for a weekend mm. you know and so we had a chance to not only influence our kids but their friends mm-hmm. and um, be blessed by them as well. And so they they were all there listening to us as we lived life, as we talked about people, or as we sang, as uh, as we just did day to day life. Mm. And I think that was very valuable too. We we shouldn't just think of our family as being a closed unit. Mm-hmm. We each have different inroads to other people in the community yeah. and we need to live Jesus before them. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Just to be welcoming not only your kids, but their friends investing in that. And you know, that's kind of our goal in our conversation today is talking about investing in families. You invested in your kids and in their, um, in their friends. Were there, were there people who invested in you, some older people that invested in you when your kids were younger? Would you tell us about that? Yes, we, um, besides all those grandparents and aunts and uncles and people that, you know, came and went and the table was full of people of all generations when we had a birthday party or a holiday, but there were a lot of people in our neighborhood and in our church Mm -hmm. that um, our kids were very close with and they would um, walk into church in the morning and there would be somebody there to greet them and they knew them by name and they... They were just a friend. Mm. Um, And I think um, that made a big difference because they saw many people live Jesus' love. Mm. And, you know, you can't, it's a big job for parents to do that alone. Mm -hmm. So the more people you see that live a consistent Christian life around your kids, uh, it really helps the parents out. Yeah. We're really grateful for that. We also had lots of close friends and our kids were their kids and their kids were our kids mm-hmm. and, and they're sl- still good friends sleepovers oh, and mm-hmm. yeah lots of lots of time to just be together and um you know a lot of them we went to a sunday school class with for example but you need friends just to do life with mm-hmm. and and that Call was them good. up and say oh let's go have a picnic and grab right. something and go do it or whatever mm-hmm. yeah and Brenda's mentioned older older people at church, but uh, also the the teachers, the Sunday school teachers, mm-hmm. the pastors. Um, they were not just people in authority and leadership, but they were friends, mm-hmm. and they they knew the kids by name, and I think that helped a lot. Mm-hmm. And of course, teachers and coaches at school, they they know your kids in a different dimension. Yeah, they see them in a different setting, <laughs> and. They were encouraging and they gave them lots of opportunities and sometimes a kick in the seat when they needed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was helpful to them in terms of learning how to do teamwork and uh, love to continue, continue to love learning as you go through life because you, you really never should stop yeah. managing your time, your priorities, because you can't do everything at once and give it the same focus. And uh, just in general, learning how to invest in people. Very cool. Very cool. Um, 
what what were some ways that you have in, intentionally invested in some younger families? We know you've you've sought to do that, and even uh, expressed it here a little bit ago. You you know you never stop investing, either in your, your own family, your own kids, grandkids, um, but even in others as well. It's important. You mentioned that of of how important that was in your life to have others beyond just your parents. So, talk a little bit about that. We've always tried to do things intergenerationally. I think. Um, that's comforting for us to have small, small kids all the way up through older people together. And mm-hmm. you just learn to appreciate others because yeah. of that. Yeah. So that was sort of easy for us to do, I think, um, to just live our life that way. I think one of the things we found when we started coming here to Sailor Villa a few years ago is it's a much bigger church than the church we went to, which was about 350. And... Um, we missed the kids all running around when you come yeah. in the morning. They they go their way, we go our way. And that that camaraderie, watching the older adults especially, you know, smile when you walk in with your kids, and, and we missed that. Mm-hmm. So we decided when we were going to um, lead a, our first cell group, after we'd been in a cell group for a couple years, we asked to be part of an intergenerational cell group because we felt like we would like to see what God could do if he could get a variety of ages together. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, that's what we got. There were people that were asking for that, so they fit in, and we had Mm -hmm. people older than us all the way down to about a six-year-old little Mm -hmm. boy. So um, it was great. We had three what I call my-age families and three what I I call younger families with Mm -hmm. kids, and uh, we... We did a lot of fun things together. We used every muscle in our body, didn't we, dear? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. We played in the yards. We, we um, outside, we um, had picnics. We di- had, thing- had times when we would have an occasion that kids would come and give us a report mm-hmm. about their new school or whatever was going on, and they would get up in front of us and share, and uh, we would... Um, we thought it was a good time for them to learn to do that. And um, we did um, things together for the community. Um, Lauren, you can tell them about the, one of the Christmas things we yeah, did. One of the things we did, this was Brenda's idea, but uh, we, we asked each of the young people to come help make a, a cute, soft, fleece, cozy tie blanket. Mm-hmm. And so Brenda had them all cut and, and the kids would come and tie them. They and all then, had their own, their own color, mm-hmm, their own right. pattern. And then they each had a bag that they would decorate and write a message on. And we'd put a devotional in there for the mother and some other things for the for the baby. And uh, we'd pray over those things. And then Jeannie Thomas would come from Alpha Women's Center and we gave them to her. The children had to give yeah. their blanket right. away. Sure. They, so they, they invested in it and then they had to yeah. give it away. Yeah. Mm. And it was, I think, a good life lesson to, um, to invest in, in making this stuff and, and then have to let go of it, but also just a good time of, of camaraderie and um, a blessing to others. And who knows where those blankets are today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were soft and And those fuzzy. little Bible story <laughs> yeah. books. And, yeah. Yeah. So that, that was good. Um, I, I think, too, just praying over the kids when they'd bring concerns or, mm-hmm. 
or expressed something they were interested in doing um, was helpful to them, but also a blessing just to be able to to pray with them. Here, here this this child is not even in my family, you know. Mm-hmm. I get to pray for him. And we're That's still good. really tight with those kids. We yeah. see them on Sunday morning, the Danielson kids and the Dyerling kids, mm-hmm. and we see them on Sunday morning, and it's we just love to see because mm-hmm. that we have that camaraderie. Yeah. They're not so young anymore. Oh, they wow. are. I know. That, yeah, I would say I have, I have Hayden in my sixth grade small group this year. So <laughs> he's, youth group. he's growing up. Yes, he has. That's yeah. good. It's yeah. fun to see. We, we did um, special um, studies with them. I did the Fruits of the Spirit with them. And so I'd, we'd be together for a while and then I'd, and, at, at cell group, then I'd pull them out and we studied the Fruits of the Spirit. And we just things to make them feel like... Um, People who love Jesus love them, and they yeah. could watch our lives and 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 watch Jesus work in us. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, I think that's really unique. That um, there's a lot of community groups that have kids in them, but you know, it's maybe easier sometimes to send them off with the babysitter. But you really included them in your group, so I think that's unique and obviously something you saw as valuable. They they were old enough; they could yeah pretty much self manage. Occasionally, somebody'd slip down the stairs. But, mm-hmm. um, if they didn't have their own thing going on. Sure. Yeah, and we, I usually had things for them to do that were Bible oriented. Yeah. Right. So, and, and Brenda was good about slipping downstairs maybe for 10, 15 minutes while <clears throat> the bigger group got started. Yeah. And she'd join us in, back in progress, but it that, is, that it, kept them going. It is more work, but, yeah. you know, um, one of the things that um, I. I, I find the Lord leads us in is he, he can help us when we're in a situation to make every person feel special. Mm-hmm. And I think he does that with us, with his, with our relationship with him. He talks to me differently and he, and he manages my problems differently than he does Lauren's. And that's the personal God we serve and nobody else has a God like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. That's cool. So would you even answer the question of like, why is it important to invest in younger families? You know, clearly there's value in it. Um, what's your reasoning behind that? They are our future. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're at the point of life where we're looking back on more years than we're going to be able to look ahead to. Mm-hmm. And you understand how quickly life goes, uh, the verses and Psalms that uh, tell us that you're like a vapor on the grass in the morning and at evening, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're done. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we can understand that better from this point in life. We, we have to invest in our kids. They are the future of our churches, mm-hmm. our culture, our, our nation, and really the world. And they're getting so much off-the-wall teaching in, in other ways that we, we must teach them, we must live our lives in a way that um, demonstrates consistency with the Word. We must pray for them and help them out to give them a good footing and a good foundation. Mm. And I think one of the things that Lauren and I have um, prayed a lot about and over oh, since in the last... 15 years maybe, is um, telling stories. Mm -hmm. We had the older generations in our families that were good storytellers. His dad Mm -hmm. was a great storyteller. We have all these pictures of a child sitting on his lap and he's telling a story. And I had um, parents and grandparents that were all storytellers. And 
My boss told me once I was a good storyteller. (laughs) I didn't realize that, but I guess I am. And the Bible says in Psalm 78, I will open my mouth with a parable. And the parable is a story with a lesson. Mm -hmm. I will tell things from old that our ancestors have told us. Mm -hmm. From old that our ancestors have told us. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, which he commanded our ancestors, commanded Mm -hmm. our ancestors to teach their children even the children yet to be born. So they in turn, and when I when you read this in my Bible, I turn the page and mm. then it says, so they in turn would tell their children, then they would put their trust in the Lord. Mm. And so there's all these wonderful stories in the Bible, but we all have stories in our own lives where God has done wonderful things for us. Mm-hmm. And we have a responsibility to share those with the generations that are that are younger than us, like you guys. Yeah. So in the front of my Bible, I have a whole list of things, of elements, of ideas for stories. And when the grandkids come out, I tell a story and then I cross it off because I have. To, I feel like those are things, God, the ways God's worked in, in our lives and I want them to hear them. Mm. Yeah, it's super cool. Mm-hmm. Well, and if we, even as our church, we talk about being more people, more like Jesus. How did, how did Jesus often teach? It was through stories, through right. parables, That's lessons. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, people are captivated by stories. I remember Pastor Pat was talking about preaching. Um, I can't remember here uh, with some of us younger guys. And he said, what, look around the auditorium. When I start telling a story, everyone perks up, you know, I might be losing someone over here, over there. And I start telling a story, boom, everyone's back with me, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that is stories are captivating and stories of our own lives of how God has been faithful to us, um, being passed down through generations. I think that's super important. Anyway, And even secularly, you know, I'm from healthcare, even Mm -hmm. secularly, if you've ever read blue zones or many of those books, it tells you that older people who connect with children, children who connect with older people are healthier. Yeah. If you've ever gone to a, a, a retirement center and watched the children come in and watch the smiles on the faces of the older people, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, that tells us that God, God set, put that in us for a reason. It rekindles memories in the older people so they can recall and they can remember. And when I would visit my mother, she was in memory care for about a year and a half. And when I'd visit my mother, she'd say, oh, where's your baby? And I never knew if she remembered it was my baby or she missed a generation or because it was really my yeah. daughter's baby. Sure. And but she loved to talk about the baby. Yeah. And so I think there I think we skip the fact that we're so busy in our own little lives and as a world that we live in right now and it's pretty self-oriented mm-hmm. sometimes and we miss that opportunity to help our children be more rounded by spending time with people that are unlike themselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So uh, speak maybe a little bit more personally. How has God used some of these experiences? It is it is beneficial for others, but how has it made you become more like Jesus? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> We could could go on and on about this. Just a few minutes. (laughs) We we don't want to lose our listeners. All all I can say is, I'll say very briefly, uh, very briefly. Unless it's a story, that'll bring them right back in. The best, the best, just the the story that we told you about the last cell group we were in came right before 
Um, I spent three years in, in the house mm-hmm. with um, COVID and an, well, I didn't have COVID, but it was during COVID and then an autoimmune illness that um, caused me to have to stay away from people. And you do not understand what you learn when you go through that because mm-hmm. God reminds you of all those wonderful people he's put in your life mm-hmm. to make you more like him. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. I think the the process of caring for others, whether it's your kids or, or somebody else, reminds us of the love and sacrifice Christ put forth for us. Mm. It's intentional. It's sacrificial. It's sometimes requires a lot of humbleness, but it's always rewarding. Mm. Um, Jesus or uh, Paul says in uh, Philippians two that Jesus made himself a servant being made in human likeness and found an appearance as a man. He humbled himself becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. I mean, he certainly, the gospels doesn't matter which one you read, show the humility of Jesus. He was, he was the Lord of the universe. He could have humbled all those people, but instead he, he served them and he taught them and he um, challenged them in, in, good ways. And so it reminds us how can how can we use that humility to build Christ likeness into our kids and um, help them learn how to serve others. We're not wise enough to do it on our own. We need the Holy Spirit. But um, it also reminds us that we're being watched too because they're watching back at us, mm-hmm. right? Uh, kind of reminds me of Hebrews 12, 1, therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses, people are watching our lives. So how does that impact the choices we make? We're always in a battle against Satan. That never stops. And um, um, in in Paul's letter to Timothy, he says, "Don't don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. And I would add, or old, <laughs> but set an example for believers in speech, conduct, in love, in faith, and purity. Yeah. It never stops till you take your last breath. Mm-hmm. So parenting is a skill that you develop and then you um, hand on. off hand well, off to somebody else, but you continue to, to, the lessons you learned while you were doing that continue to stay with you through the rest of your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's why it's so important what we're talking about of just, you, you did learn some things right. along the way and uh, important for you to pass some of those lessons along so that those of us who are in it trying to learn <laughs> uh, can maybe learn learn from some of those. Yeah. We want to give you the opportunity to be a consultant here on our <laughs> podcast today and yeah. invest in our families that are listening. Um, it, is, it is mostly, mostly, I think parents who listen to this. So they're in the thick yeah, of it right that's, now. That's the goal. Um, and so, what is something we were going to kind of work our way through some age groups, but what is something you would tell yourself or your younger parenting self um, or someone else with kids who are really little, maybe those babies and toddlers, what would you say? I think the number one thing they need to learn is Jesus loves them and mm-hmm. I love them and that will never change. Mm-hmm. And they're, this, this is the simplest song in the world. The first song they probably learn is Jesus loves me yeah. and it, and I watch my three-year-old granddaughter sing it, and it's amazing how quickly they can learn songs, mm-hmm. um, much easier than learning Bible verses. 
Um, but that that never changes. And I think the sooner they can learn that, the sooner they can hang on to that for their life. Yeah. Starting there. That's good. What about that next stage? That's kind of where we're at right now. Elementary kids, um, you may, maybe pre-K, you mentioned you got a, a, a grandchild in that. Mm-hmm arena up up maybe through right before middle school well so so not only do i love you as the parent but god loves you Mm. and he made you very special Mm. there's no one like you Uh, you're the only one the only one Mm -hmm. so the psalmist tells us we're fearfully and wonderfully made and kids need to know that and they need to know that it's God who loves them supremely because the world, the world's message is you got to love yourself mm-hmm. and that's not enough. Mm. We've seen that. We're seeing the fruit of that yeah. philosophy in our culture and society today and it's not good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's really helpful. God's truth that he loves you and that you're the only one. I love that because sometimes I think the enemy wants to turn that around on us and say, you're the only one Yeah. and use that to make us feel alone and mm-hmm. to feel, but yet God says, I've made you and you're special. You're unique. You're the only one. And that's a good thing. And that gets them ready for the next set of yeah. years they go through. Yeah. So like then tw- we move up to teenagers and there's a lot of Everybody things they're trying to, to figure wants out. Everybody to look alike and they have to dress yes. alike and they don't want to be different. And yeah. yeah. So what do we say to those families with teenagers? We say, God has a plan for you. Mm. I'm so thankful for the person you're becoming. Mm. When the world is unkind, keep your eyes on Jesus, your role model. Mm-hmm. Because that those are unkind years. Kids are all growing up at different ages, different stages. Yeah. And you know, I have a our grandson is eight, not almost nine, and he looks like he's about twelve. He's a huge <laughs> kid. Yeah. Just a huge kid. He doesn't fit. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Because God made him special. Yeah. And um Isaiah 41:10 says, "So do not fear, for I am with you. Don't be don't be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I would uphold you with my righteous right hand." And I think that's what I would tell the teenagers, the young kids, the yeah. middle schoolers. Yeah. If asked. Yeah. They need to know that. For God sure. God is with them. That's yeah. that's for sure, because there are there will be times where they feel like they're alone or they're, you know, uh, yeah. it's um, their, their friends are picking on them for this or that. And <laughs> well, and one day you feel like an adult yep. and the next day you don't. I yep. had a cousin that was three years younger than I, that was like my sister and a sister that was three years older than I. And I, I was so confused because yeah. there were days I wanted to do the young person's thing. And the next day I wanted to be with my older sister. Mm-hmm. And those, those years of yeah. just having, of growing up and your body changing at, and everybody at a different speed is really difficult. Yeah. yeah. Uncertainty. Yeah. In yeah. yourself. I wanted to throw in one more thing and yeah. that is, yeah. um, at any age, it's important for us to, to be asking God's blessing on our kids. Mm-hmm. And that continues when they're adults. Um, here's a story I can tell you that we prayed for our kids. We prayed with our kids. We encouraged them in many, many ways. But when we took Aaron to college, 
Our and first child. Mm-hmm. Your first child. You're getting ready to leave him. You know the, the minute is coming. And he was going to be 300 miles away, you know. Didn't have a car. Just stuck there. Right. Know? Yeah. <laughs> he said, uh, we were near a park. He said, can, Dad, can we go for a walk? I thought, well, this is kind of strange, but sure. <laughs> so we we walked down the path a little ways. Brenda could see us, and Alyssa was with us. And Aaron said, Dad, would you bless me? Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh. and, and, and in the moment, I was a little convicted, like, have I failed in this area? But he knelt on the path there, and I put my hand on his head and prayed for him and asked God to protect him and to lead him and direct his path. And it was a very powerful moment. Just, um, it's something I, I feel a little badly about, like he shouldn't have had to ask me. Oh, but mm-hmm. I think it was good he did. Mm-hmm. But I'm it so, shows his heart. I'm yeah. so glad yeah. he did. So there are lots of resources on this. You can find books on it and so on. But pray a blessing over your kids. Our, our, our son and daughter-in-law sing a blessing over their kids when they put them to bed at night. Mm-hmm. I think that's so special. Which, which one is it? Do you know? <laughs> I no. don't know. Is it the ironic blessing? That's what we do with our girls. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and lift his countenance upon you. We do that every night. And um, we, I don't know. I, I can't remember. Someone gave me that idea. And uh, so we just do it every night. I and think that's good. awesome. That's good. I'm not looking forward to dropping them off at college or, you know, <laughs> sending them easy. off, you know, walk, walking them down the aisle and then saying that kind of in some ways for the last time, although I'll still continue to pray for them right. on a daily basis. But, um, yeah. yeah. Pray for your kids. Yeah. yeah. Bless them regularly. If you do it every day, you know, they're probably, it's going to get old hat, but Certainly, like when they go to a new school or they start a new job or yeah. they're off on some big adventure, certainly when they go to college. Yeah. Yeah. My yeah. grandpa yeah. pastor always used to have all the children come forward the Sunday before they, we started a new, a new school year. Yeah. yeah. And he would pray and bless the children uh, before yeah. they went back to school. Yeah. And I haven't thought about that for many years, but it meant so much to me. Mm-hmm. And I remember one year grandpa was on a trip and somebody else had to do it. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the pastor. And it was that was just something I, I appreciated about him because he always remembered the children mm-hmm. and that we were going to start a new year, probably yeah. maybe with a new teacher in a new school. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well, and you, you mentioned already um, some things about grandparenting. Is there anything else that, that you wanted to mention? You know, we can maybe skipped a little bit it's there. It's the best part of, of life. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we keep hearing. So we're really looking forward to that, but we got a few years. <laughs> it's the benefits without all the responsibility. <laughs> It's kind of like being an aunt and uncle. We yeah, get a little bit of that. that too. <laughs> it's fun. The kids are such a blessing to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they don't realize totally yeah. how much that, that's true. But Brenda's done a good job of reinforcing on a regular basis the joy principle. Why don't you talk about that a minute? Yeah. My mother raised my mother raised me on the joy principle. Jesus first, others second, yourself last. Mm -hmm. And she would, when there was an issue, she would point out, who's first here? And it was pretty clearly, you could just turn your behavior around because you realized things were out of order. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about that a lot lately because the world's out of order. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
very out of order. The why is coming first and we call it yaj. And so our children need to grow up understanding the joy principle brings joy when you live it consistently. Yeah. Mm, That's good. That's really good. I love, I love that how, how simple a lot of this podcast has been, you know, it, it's not rocket yeah. science. It's yeah. not exactly rocket. No, God has called it. It's it's a big task, yeah. and and living living these things out is more difficult than the the simplicity of yeah. of what yeah. we're saying. I was talking to one of the gals at church last Sunday who has kids in that are middle school and yeah. high school, and I said, you know, I said, do they have friends that go to other churches? And she said, yes. And I said, oh, good. Have them sit and co- and have conversations with them. Yeah. Friends that don't that aren't even aren't even believers, but go to other churches, you know, other yeah. other other types of religions. I said this is a perfect time yeah. for them to ask the questions. Absolutely, and then and then go back and search the word and make sure they understand why they believe and do it while they're in your home. Yeah, yeah. so you're there to guide them through that. She said, and she got this look on her face like, oh my goodness, why haven't I ever thought of that? <laughs> and I think sometimes we try so hard to yeah. protect our children. Yeah. We don't give them those learning opportunities that they need. They need yeah. to be stretched. Mm-hmm. They, they, can, they can handle it. Their yeah. faith yeah. can handle it. And it's better to have this happen when they're home yes. than, than, when, than when they leave and then there's nobody there to talk through with it. Right. So guide yeah. them through those things. I think yeah. one other thing as a grandparent is, we have a different schedule than our kids. They're, and I, I keenly remember this as an as a parent. You know, you you've got your job, you've got your house to take care of, you've got responsibilities you've committed to, mm-hmm. and sometimes it it feels like you don't have enough time for your kids. As grandparents, you can make them the main event, mm. and we we try when they when they spend time with us to. Do something fun, play games. We pray with them every night before they go to bed. We talk about what, what things we're thankful for. For that day. For that day. Mm-hmm. What three things can can you say right. that you're thankful for today? Mm-hmm. Rehearse the day. Yeah. Uh, we have music on. Music can be a powerful reinforcer because yep. they'll, they'll memorize those words. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing more uh, fun for me than to be in the next room and hear one of my grandkids singing some song they've heard that reinforces what the Bible teaches. Um, So music is very powerful. We've memorized books of the Bible or the order of books of the Bible. Mm -hmm. I don't mean we memorize books. I mean, memorize (laughs) verses of the Bible. Yeah, sure. We've memorized the order of books of the Bible. Yeah. Uh, So we have lots of opportunities just where the pace is a little slower than maybe a day to day and in a family at home at when they're at home mm-hmm. and we're able to help reinforce what mom and dad are trying to do and and do it in a different way yeah. at a different pace and for all you parents who are really busy don't think that's going to make make or break your kids mm-hmm. no because we lived a really busy life a very busy life but i think your children need to see you living for Jesus. Yeah. If they were the only thing you were doing, they will be self-centered. Yeah. So it's okay that God has you busy and it children are very forgiving. Mm-hmm. You know, if you give them each a little bit of time and we we had Friday night as our family night, we right. did something fun every Friday night and we took vacations together and 
you know, we made them study in the morning from books. We went to the library so they'd know what we were going to go see. And they hated it and they complained. <laughs> and now they do it with their kids. <laughs> so, you know, it you know, it all comes around and you find out what you think you might be doing that's just going to wreck your kids. God can use and make it into something very special. It's amazing when uh, you turn about 25, maybe 30 you realize how wise your parents were sometimes. <laughs> oh, they really did kind of know what they were doing. Or, or you read a book and you say, hey, my dad could have written this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, this is so encouraging to hear you, the things that you're saying, because, you know, as much as our world is changing and has changed, God's truth hasn't changed. Amen. The Amen. things that you taught your kids are the things we want to teach our kids. And yep. so just to have you remind us of those simple truths that, we just need to keep reminding ourselves it's not and God's not ability to hold them in his, in yeah. the palm of his hand has not changed. Mm-hmm. Yes. It doesn't matter what's around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's faithful. Yeah. I have one more thing I'll throw yeah, in. Go ahead. I had a little sweet old uh, physician. He wasn't he was probably my age, but he was old when he told me this. He came up to my office one day at the hospital about a patient and he sat down and we were talking about kids and whatever and he said he was a believer. And he said, you know, Brenda, parenting is just about like walking a dog when you have to teach them how to, how to enjoy the leash. And he said, you have to know when to let a little out. You have to know when to pull a little back in. And he said, I found that when I talked to my boys and I told them that, it helped them manage that better. Mm-hmm. So we raised our kids saying, we're, now we're going to let the leash out just a little bit, see how you can manage it. And it was amazing to watch mm-hmm. that because we don't want them to be dependent. And no. we'd say that we right. want you to be independent and we're going to get you there by the time you're 18. Yeah. And so there's that, that whole piece that parents have to do that oftentimes brings the greatest stress into a home during the teen years is pulling that leash back in. Mm-hmm. So if you start early and you use that, that, that picture in their mind, I think they can become part of that process a lot better. Yeah, yeah. they rise to the occasion when you give it, them the opportunity. Exactly, And yeah. eventually the leash is unleashed and right. they're on their own, whether you like it or not. That's and, right. And uh, you, you pray that obviously God's in control and you never know what's going to happen, but you pray that they, they continue to follow God. Right. Um, you mentioned books. Are, are there any, and maybe you don't have any resources or anything? We gave you, there's a whole list of resource stuff that we'll just give you and oh, you okay. can do with what you want okay, to. Okay, perfect. It's, perfect. It's not books, but it's everything. And I, let me just throw in here. Yeah. Um, my folks owned a religious bookstore in downtown Des Moines. I grew up in a bookstore. Oh, man. So I never had to ask for a book. I never yeah. had to ask for an, al- an album. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I, I got it. You know, I would work it off. Yeah. And um, I I took that for granted until I got older. But most of my books were black and white p- copies as mm-hmm. children because the salesman would bring them in without the finished copy on it. Mm-hmm. And they'd ask my dad to have his girls read it. And then I, we had to report back oh, you know, wow. what we thought of the book. Great. So um, that that was something that we uh, as grandparents, we try to do with our, our, our grandchildren is fill their need for good literature, good music um, that's Christ-centered. And um, I even think that um, the best thing to do would be to budget and give your kids, when they get older, give your kids X amount of money and say this is to use only for books to help you grow in Christ and music, and you can spend it as you want. Yeah, Because that allows them to then learn to figure out 
the world has a lot to offer me, but I have to balance that with what God wants me to hear and, and learn too. Yeah. Um, Notice we haven't talked much about anything that deals with audiovisual, electronics, <laughs> etc. And yeah. and I'm a I'm an electronics guy. I love stuff oh, like he that. Is. <laughs> but, he is. He worked in in security IT security his yeah. whole career. So yeah, yeah. um but the the there are good resources in that space. Mm-hmm. But most of the benefit is from stuff that activities that don't involve watching TV mm-hmm. or or uh, staring at a computer screen. Mm-hmm. So be active, be involved, make life fun. Kids are going to use electronics. Yeah. They need to. They I will. Mean, that's the way the world does business and, mm-hmm. and it gets along. But there's, and we know, we all know there are challenges in this social media space and so on. Really help them get through that yeah. and not make it a priority. Mm-hmm. Make the face-to-face a priority. It's so much more rewarding than being isolated by yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think we all learned that during the COVID era. Yeah. You know? So it's a good reminder. Uh, use the tools you have, but don't make them the priority. Yeah. yeah. And help them learn to, to manage it. Yeah. You know, it's the same idea. They mm-hmm. have to learn how to, how to put barriers to um, letting go and letting that go away. There's too many kids that are just so connected to their device they can't live without it yeah well thank you thank you guys so much for joining us this has been a real joy and a highlight for us yeah hopefully really really helpful for our our listeners as well so and if not it is for us (laughs) yeah that one of the uh, listen i've said this before one of the benefits of even recording this podcast is we're learning a lot Even if it benefits no one else, it's Someday great you, for us. You'll be sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> be a few years. Uh, anyway, thank you, listeners, for listening to this episode of the Parenting Podcast. And thanks again to the Longs, or I can't say Mr. and Mrs. Long. They they already told me not to call them that, so mm-hmm. I'm not being disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> thank you to Lauren and Brenda for joining us today. Um, we'll provide some links to some resources um, that uh, that they have um, in the show notes below. We're currently lining up some guests for next month. If you do have a topic or any questions that you'd like us to cover, um, we'd love to hear from you. And just knowing that you listen is an encouragement to us. So that is it for this podcast. Thanks for joining us.